And we're back on this Tuesday. Prime Minister Trudeau, of course, invoking never-before-used emergency powers to support provinces in trying to end the blockades and the public disorder that have uh, gripped places like Ottawa for some 19 days and counting now. But there's also, with this, a lot of questions being raised as to why and whether or not this was actually necessary. Abby Deshman is with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association and joins us now for more on this. Abby, good afternoon. I appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Uh, First off, just what is the Civil Liberties Union? What is your position on invoking the Emergencies Act? We're deeply, deeply concerned about this. You know, we've been living in a pandemic state for two years now, coming up to three. And um, in a certain sense, Uh, declarations of emergency have become routine, but they are not. Um, This is absolutely a sledgehammer to use um, and using it in response to protest activity, um, people who are out on the streets grieving uh, the government's actions is completely unprecedented and and deeply concerning from a, a democratic perspective. Now, on the other side, some may argue that, you know, we've seen our economy, the national economy uh, threatened in Alberta. There were reports yesterday that weapons were seized, although, by the way, we do have news this afternoon that uh, at Coots border uh, that is being uh, broken up uh, today. But uh, having said that, uh, where do you think then, Abby, is the bar or the threshold when it comes to invoking something like this, this Emergencies Act? Yeah, well, the threshold is in the law itself, right? The Emergencies Act is very clear that it is to be reserved for real national emergencies that cannot be handled by the provinces under existing laws. It's an extremely high bar. uh, And there is no doubt that there are many, many challenges dealing with these protests. That does include dealing with criminal activity. That does include dealing with incredible disruptions um, to individuals' daily lives um, and the economy. But we do deal with those types of issues all the time, not necessarily to this magnitude, not in this exact form, but the police governments are regularly challenged with very, very difficult situations and have myriad laws already on the books uh, that they can use to try to resolve these types of scenarios. And as you said, we have seen many police services acting uh, to you know, dismantle these protests, um, sometimes without using force uh, and just negotiating them down. So those are the types of tools we are already using and have been used successfully across this country to date. All right. So in other words, we need to, and the government and police services, uh, they should exhaust every available option. And Abby, when we look at a situation such as what's been unfolding over the last nearly 20 days in Ottawa, there still are some existing laws, laws on the books that uh, need to be utilized, need to be used. And in a way, have we kind of gone, maybe although, you know, if you're in Ottawa, I'm sure it seemed like quite a long time, but we've kind of gone away from zero to 60 in, in a heartbeat in record time here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I am not in Ottawa, um, but I have spoken with people who are there and it is, um, it is an incredibly difficult place to live, work and move around in right now. So I don't want to minimize the impact on the people who are in Ottawa, uh, but the national emergencies legislation really was not intended to deal with a very localized emergency. Um, We do have tools, the police do have tools. It is an incredibly difficult um, protest uh, to police, occupation to police, Um, but I'm not sure what the National Emergencies Act is going to add to that, frankly. Um, And I'm extremely concerned that 
the limits that are set in the law um, for the federal government to use what are extraordinary powers haven't been met in this case. All right. The protest, that is uh, one part of the equation here. But the other part, of course, is the financing. And we're hearing and seeing reports from people who have donated to the protest who have either uh, had or worried about their you know, assets or bank accounts, uh, I guess, either being traced or their uh, money uh, frozen if they've uh, donated towards the uh, trucker convoy or trucker protest. Does the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, do you have a position on that when it comes to the, the financing of this? Yeah, you know, there there are existing laws that can be used to trace uh, money. Um, and uh, they are usually associated with things like terrorist financing, national security. Uh, police can go and get warrants if they really think that there is uh, illegal criminal activity. The emergency orders have the potential to do away with all that. And we haven't seen the details of these orders yet. Um, but what we have heard from the government is extremely concerning. We are talking about seizing people's assets um, when they provide support to the blockades. There's no mention of a minimum threshold for support uh, or that this necessarily has to be monetary support. And there's also no indication about, um, you know, how much of people's assets would be frozen. Uh, so it's, again, extremely concerning short-circuiting of democratic and judicial oversight for very serious um, measures and repercussions for individuals across just finally, I only have about 30 seconds, but is there a fear amongst those there at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association that now the Emergencies Act has uh, been invoked for the first time? It will just be that much easier the next time? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have um, thousands and thousands of protests across this country every year. Uh, they range in size and level of disruption, but it is um, very common for us to see incredibly disruptive protests from environmental activists, from um, Indigenous land right defenders, from people who are out marching for Black Lives Matter, um, from every possible uh, political or cause that you might care about. People will take to the streets about that, and those protests are disruptive. If we start to respond to disruptive protests with things like emergency orders, tracking people's support, finances. Um, it is a very, very concerning trend. All right. Abby, I appreciate the time this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Abby Deshman is with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. And we're back after this. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.